prophet Haggai, looking now in this second chapter, verses 10 to 19. On this morning, I'll be reading from the New International Version. Those who have the U Version Bible app, you can join in right there. We're going to take you right there to the text as well. Haggai, second chapter. Been here now past three Sundays, so I think we're a little bit more familiar where to find it. Uh, I know in the past, uh, everybody was passing by because it was so small. But I don't hear too many pages this morning. That's a good thing. It's a good thing. Uh, let us begin looking again at verse uh, 10 to uh, verse 19. The word of God says, on the 24th day of the ninth month in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Ask the priest what the law says. If someone carries consecrated meat in the fold of their garment and that fold touches some bread or stew, some wine, olive oil or other food, does it become consecrated? The priest answered, no. Then Haggai said, if a person defiled by contact with a dead body touches one of these things, does it become defiled? Yes, the priest replied, it becomes defiled. Then Haggai said, so it is with this people and this nation in my sight declares the Lord. Whatever they do and whatever they offer, there is defiled. Now give careful thought to this from this day on. Consider how things were before one stone was laid on another in the Lord's temple. When anyone came to, to a heap of 20 measures, there were only 10. When anyone went to wine vat to draw 50 measures, there were only 20. I struck all the work of your hand with blight, mildew, and hail, yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. From this day on, from this 24th day of the ninth month, give careful thought to the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Give careful thought. Is there yet any seed left in the barn? Until now, the vine and the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have not borne fruit. From this day on, I will bless you. Praise God for us. Well, you may take your seat. You take your seat. Help me announce the subject matter to your neighbor. Tell them, come back. Look at your other neighbor. Tell them the same thing. Tell them, come back. I want to look at highlight again when God said to them, I put all this upon you, yet you did not come back. Yet you did not return to me. I want to talk about come back. Here we are here in this text again, seeing again the focus that centers around the house of God, his temple, his dwelling place among the people. But in this time now, God centers around something here that he is centering around holiness. He is highlighting to them, do you understand what it means to be holy. 
And so look at the audience that is addressed this time in the past, right? He went to the high priest, he went to the governor, and, and he went to the rim. Now he says, ask this question to the priest. Now he's going to their spiritual leaders so that they can have a spiritual revival. He comes to them and asks them this question, asks them this question. and says, all right, all right, you are holding the, the sacred meat in the fold of your garment and you're carrying it to the place where you're going to eat. And if you happen to touch some stuff uh, with your garment, does that make some things holy? They said, that's an easy question. No, that, that doesn't make anything holy it's because we are touching the holy meat. The holy meat does not transfer holiness unto other stuff. Uh, no, none of that stuff's going to become holy. You answer correctly. All right, ask them the second question. Now, you touch something that's unclean. Now, you become unclean. And you touch all those other things mentioned. Do those things become unclean? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, if we are unclean and we touch that other stuff, all that other stuff becomes unclean. Now, here comes the lesson. God said you answered everything correctly. So now here it is. Here's the application. That's you. You are unclean. You and these people, look how they're no longer his people. You and this nation, he's pointing out to them because you're not of me. Y'all doing things that are not right because you are not right. And since you are not right, there's no fruit coming from your hands. So let's deal with this for the moment. First, I want to highlight to us that God's called us to be holy. While the temple is destroyed, they were still giving sacrifices, but God was not pleased with the sacrifices. Why was that? Because the temple was destroyed. You, you can look upon your life and see on the outside things might look good, but if the inside's not right, it doesn't matter. He's pointing out to them, you're going through the motions, you're bringing me sacrifices, you're coming here to worship, but yet you left my temple barren, you were not working, and, and yet you still are trying to find fruit in your life, but you can't find fruit in your life when things are dying. Let's look in your life and do an inventory of your life and start thinking, are you seeing fruit in areas of your life that you want to see fruit in? Not looking at the place you got fruit. I'm talking about the areas you want fruit in. And start looking about how come there's no fruit in this area. You might come to the, to the conclusion that you're not healthy. He's pointing out to them because you are undefiled. The sacrifice is undefiled. Everything you had was defiled. But yet I want you to be holy. I, I want you to be clean. To be holy is to be special, is to be set apart to do God's good work. The temple was set apart for the worship of God, and the people set apart their sacrifices to bring them to God. But because they have not been obedient to him, the sacrifices were not acceptable to him. And so he points out to them, just because you look upon this holiness and, and realize holiness is not transferable. This is something very interesting to grab into. Just think about it for a moment. How many of you have gone to the hospital, right? You've gone to the hospital. You went into the hospital healthy, but they tell you to what? Cover yourself up. You go to visit somebody who's sick, they tell you to cover yourself up. Why is that? Because what they have is contagious. They didn't ask you to cover yourself up so you could pass being healthy on to them. No, you can't transfer your healthiness. But you can transfer diseases. 
So what's pointing out again here, God is saying to them, yes, 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 the meat is holy, but holy is not being transferred. But your contamination, your sin, your evilness, your wickedness is contaminating everything. God calls us to be holy. Why? When we are holy, we are healthy. And when we are healthy, we are able to serve him. But when we're unhealthy, God calls us to be holy. Why he calls us to be holy? Because he's holy. We want to be like our father. He says, be ye holy for I am holy. He calls us to be holy. He gives us his instructions and shows them how they are to do things. Even this, when the sacred meat, when the sacred meat was being cut and it says blood will come onto a garment, that garment was holy, was sanctified. But you know what they had to do? They had to go wash it off. They, they had to go clean it in a special place. Because of the the holiness of God, it was something special, something unique to have. And so in the process of this, that God has called us to be holy, to set our lives apart for him, for his sake, not for our sake, not to satisfy our own needs. And oftentimes when we're satisfying our own needs, those are the times when we're unhappy. And when we're unhappy, that's when we're unhealthy. When people are not happy with themselves and how they're acting and behaving, we start doing unhealthy things. And so in the process, God is saying to them, look here, look here, you have been gained, because let's look up to this point, right? This is the, the third message. So up to this point, God calls them to remind them, go back to build the temple. He says, okay, God, we got it. We received this message. Well, we fear you. We obey you. We worship you. And they go to doing the work that he calls them to do. Then he goes on to another part and says, look here, look here. I want you to understand, I've caused you to do good work. So since you are, are beginning on this temple, I want you to understand that you need to, need to refocus your priorities and stay working here. Bring glory to this place, and then I will bring my glory here. What? My ladder will be greater. He's letting them know, because you are doing the good works that I've caused you to do, I'm going to bless you right here in this place. He continues on in the same message some months later. Now, the monthlies, roughly, if you have the New Living Translation, they don't give you the third month and all this time. They give you what? December 18th, year 520 B.C. I'm sorry, uh, CE, the common, uh, let me say, yeah, yeah, BC, before Christ. And in this time now, to us, December, who's going to be planting in December, right? We don't have the same season they have. Their season is different. So to them, they understand that we, we, we've been trying to get harvest. We've been trying to see fruit on our trees, but nothing has been come forth. And God already told them the reason why, because of your sin and your sin is contagious. Hmm. That is contaminated the land. Because of you, the, there's no dew from heaven. Because of you, the heavens are dried. Because of you, the, gra- the ground is not bringing forth the fruit that you desire. I want you to understand that God's called us to holy. Second, I want to point out that sin is contagious. And he showed this to us that just because we can easily spread, right? That's why they tell you, well, cover your mouth when you sneeze, right? I don't want to discuss anybody, but let me give you some statistics here. It says that when you sneeze, the, the, the spittle and the disease that comes out is roughly 120 miles per hour. And it's spreading far and wide. And all it takes for just one little drop to get on somebody's hand, and somebody decided that they need to rub their eye, and next thing you know, they start coughing and they start sniffling, wondering where they got it from, because it's contagious. Even so, right, when they see that somebody got pink eye, no, you need to stay home. It's contagious. When you have flu, they say, no, don't bring that here. It's contagious. 
You have the chicken pox. Nope, don't come here. It's contagious. Things that are contagious are easily spread. And sin is contagious. Sin corrupts. Sin's defiles. Just as when you have corrosion on some metal, it's, it's over. The metal's corroded. It's going to start spreading. It's going to become weak. It's going to become brittle. It's going to fall. That's why same things that we try to take care of things and hinder it. But yet, check this out. God is letting them know that because of your sin, because of your defilement, I am unhappy with your work. And because of that, you are not seeing the fruit in your life you desire to see. Again, I ask you to do some inventory and say, am I seeing fruit in the areas of my life I want to see fruit? And I say in the areas of my life I want to see fruit. Because in some areas we, get, we, we, we cover ourselves up because why? I have a good job. I have a nice car. I live in a nice neighborhood. I have some good friends. But yet you're not happy when you come home at night. You are disappointed when things don't go the way you thought they should go. Because superficially, things look good. Superficially, things look good on the outside. But on the inside, there's pain. There's turmoil. That's why we, we get choked up sometimes when we read the newspaper and find out somebody takes their life because they thought everything was going all right. But that's on the outside. You don't know the turmoil, the issues that's going on on the inside. But I'm here to understand, I want you to understand that God sees and God knows. And he's letting you know that he's looking for you to come back to him. Because look what he says to them in the text. He says, Do you not, did you not realize that I allowed all these things to happen to you and yet you still did not return back to me? Because of our, our health. Think about it. We need signs to remind us how to be healthy. Even, even this, that this nation has become so unhealthy that it's now mandatory that restaurants tell you how many calories are in food. And so they have special menus, something definitely at the fast food restaurants up there, so you can look to say how much is in this burger. And it'll let you know this burger has this many calories. And you're like, that's a whole lot of calories. And they said, here's our low calorie menu, but I don't want that stuff. <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken changed their name to KFC because they want to take the fried out. Think about it. Fried food's not healthy. So you hear it say KFC. Jedi mind tricks. <laughs> we do things to change it up to make people feel more healthy and think healthy. So now think about it. Everybody got some wraps. You know, get those pita bread and wrap it up. Say, no, oh, we got here healthy. We will wrap everything up. So they're going to wrap a hamburger up in a wrap. Oh, that's healthy now. Everything is trying to do everything to be healthy. Think about this, that you have warnings now about this, that here's some medicine to make you healthy, but here's a warning, though. It also might make you sick. <laughs> right? You, you see those long commercials? Take this so you'll feel good about yourself. Also, my costs, my costs, my costs, my costs, my costs, my costs, what it has a number, right? Then, you know, while I want to take this, it's going to keep me in the bathroom. We want to be healthy, but yet we need signs to help us to be healthy. Even this, how many of us who know we're unhealthy go and buy a pack of cigarettes 
and the, there's a label on the cigarettes by the by the the, uh, the surgeon general that's bigger than the label, and you ignore that, saying this may kill you and may cause cancer. Got skulls and bones right there in red lettering, but we wrap it up and open it up and say, do you have a light? <laughs> How is it that we see all the signs around us uh, telling us that we need to take better care of ourselves, but yet we don't turn back? The reason why? Because we love killing ourselves. We'd rather enjoy the things that's going to kill us than make the sacrifices of self-gratification and do the things that will make us better. That's, that's why many of us have a health club, uh, uh, have a health clubs, and we have our card, and it co- times to come for you go back to the health club at the beginning of the year. You can't find your card because you haven't been there all year. Finding out you got to pay again for your membership and get you a new card. These are the things we do. We go through process of how can I be healthy? We know what we need to do, but we are slow to do it because it takes time and it takes effort. I don't have time to, to worry about being healthy. That's why we have to be mindful of these things. Let me tell them myself. I know I need to be healthy, but times of convenience, I know I don't have to get out of my car. So I go to a drive through restaurant. Drive through restaurant, I want my food quick. I want to give me some fried foods. Knowing that I have food at home I can cook, I can prepare, that has fruits and vegetables there for me, but I don't have time to go back there. In other words, when we say I don't have time, it means I don't want to do it. Because we already got our minds made on what we want to do. If I do that, that's going to take time away from me getting to where I want to be. But God's letting you know here, right here in this text, look closely here in this text, right? He's called us to holiness. He lets them to know sin is contagious, and he lets them know on this day. Y'all see that there in the text? He says, you have allowed yourself to be confused and conflicted by thinking that you are taking care of your house, you are taking care of the harvest, and yet you still never had enough. But God says everything's going to change on this day. Y'all see that there in the text? He says, you, you, went, what, you went trying to get a uh, 50 worth of har- a, a harvest, right, of wheat, but came up with 20. Oh, you expected to get you some gallons of some wine from the vet, but you came back with less than you expected. He's pointing out to them that you've been looking for success. You've been looking for a blessing. You've been looking for more than what you've been getting, and God's letting them know because you turned back to me now, I will begin my blessing when? Now. So he gets to them and encourages them and says, is there still a seed in the barn? The answer to that question is no. That's why I read from the New International Version. New Living Translation changed that question around because it's kind of understanding. It says, you know, while the seed is still in the barn, the seed is not in the barn. Uh, the seeds have already been planted. And so now they're expecting a harvest. And God's letting them know that you're going to have a better harvest than you ever had. Remember he says that the former, the, the, the latter glory is going to be greater than the former. Their latter harvest is going to be greater than the former. 
And I want you to grab this blessing here. This, this blessing here is not a superficial blessing. It's, it's a specific blessing. The blessing is for their harvest. And I want to highlight this because I don't want somebody to go around and say, my blessing is coming. You're going to name whatever your blessing is going to be. No, the blessing that God is promising them is a work of their hands. Tell your neighbor you need to work. Because he's going to bless the work of their hands. He's not going to bless their laziness. He's not going to bless their selfishness. He's not going to bless their selfish desires. But he will bless the work of their hands. First, the blessing of their hands comes when they're going to bless that temple and work. He says, my glory will be there. Second blessing is going to come when they go back home to do work for the house. My blessing will be there. Now, hold on for a moment. Let's take a time to pause for a second. Because many of us want our blessing now. But the blessing is going to come in due season. He says, when, the, when it comes time. Many of us want stuff and it's before time. You need to wait until it's time. And so here's a little blessing for you from me to you. This is what I want to share with you. If you have not got it yet, it's not your time yet. So just take a number. Sit down and wait. And wait till he calls your name. And then you can sing that good old nigga spirit. a hush. Somebody's calling my name. And so just wait. Just wait. But yet, in order for us to be in that position to receive our blessing, tell your neighbor again, come back. We have to come back to the place that he wants to bless us in. Not the place we want to be blessed. But the place he wants to bless us in. And so realize he's called us to be holy. Sin is contagious. He's calling us to come back. Come back so I can bless you. Come back so I can take care of you. Come back so that you can see the beautiful harvest that I have in store for you. Look closely how he is specific to them saying that you want wheat and you want wine and you want olive oil. And you want the pomegranates. All of these things were essential to their community. The pomegranate was used not only for the fruit, but also for the dye and for the coloring. The olive oil, we know how that is used for them to, to beautify themselves, to cover themselves. Also used to put into their lamps to light fire. Everything that they needed and the necessity and the abundance of, God was letting them know you had not enough while you were living in sin. But now that you have come back and looked to serve me, I will satisfy all your needs. Is anybody here glad? that the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want you see how when we are in the position that God wants us to be we are in the position to receive every blessing that he has for us until you never get into the position and so to get into this position we, we have to address the sin issues in our lives when we address the sin issues in our lives we discover what took us away from God because, again, look how God is, brings it to them that in the past, and he, already, he, he didn't beat them over here one more time, but he says in the past, he let them know that you did not have all these good things in the past because of your sin. Because of your sin, I dried up the land. But why is that, God? Because I had a covenant, and this covenant I made with you when I took you into the promised land lets you understand that if you turned away from me, you would no longer yield the fruit of the land. 
But if you come back to me, oh, I will bless you. I will bless you indeed. And that's why we like that great blessing in number six chapter. May the Lord bless you. May he smile upon you. That, that's the blessing upon that they're supposed to give on the children of Israel. But the curse also, there's another curse that comes upon them. Let them know that you will be abandoned, you will be forsaken, and you will not have fruit in your land. And so when they entered the land, one was on the mountain of blessing, one was on the mountain cursing them, and speaking over the blessings, speaking over the curses, because this was all part of the covenant God had with them. And in this covenant, calls for them to be obedient, and God was going to take care of the rest. Can you help preach to your neighbor to tell them, be obedient? And God will take care of the rest. <laughs> Oftentimes in our lives, we try to be God and we try to take care of things that we have no business taking care of because we don't know how to take care of it. And then when it falls apart, we want to blame God that it fell apart. But God's looking at you as you're looking at me and saying, was I involved in it in the first place? Here they are. You can see them bringing sacrifices and God is not in it because they have not chosen to put him first. Their priorities are all off. Remember, they were sitting in their finished houses. And God's house is unfinished. And they come to an unfinished house with an unsacred, unset-apart altar, giving a sacrifice that has not been set apart and will never be approved because they're giving it in error. God's letting them know, you are going through the motions. But now, on this day, I will bless you. It says, remember this day. Remember when you lay down this foundation of this temple. Remember that you've come back to serve me. This is the day. This is the day your blessing will come on and forevermore. Mm. When I was reading that, I was thinking about how we remember our encounter with Jesus. Many of us may not have wrote down the date and the time, but many of us can remember. I remember where I was. I remember what I was doing, and he called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. And we remember that day as we started receiving his blessings from then on. That's why we like that good old hymn at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. And, you know, it was, it was, it was there by faith what I received my sight. It was there by faith. So when we choose to put our faith in him, we receive all our blessings. And so the blessing is this, that he says, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. I've come that you may die, but yet have life because I am the life and the resurrection. I've come that I might reconcile, reclaim you, redeem you, and bring you back to be my People, does anybody here understand that God loves you so much that in the times that you've been sick, in the times you've been out of your mind, in the times you've been rebelling against him, he has been allows you to go through some mess, to go through some issues, hoping in one of those instances you will look up and remember him and come back. And the beautiful thing about this is that God is showing them his grace. He's letting you know, I've never given up on you. Even though you've given up on me. I want you to understand that God knows that there are issues of dryness in your life. That you're not seeing the harvest that you would like to see. But God wants you to know right now that you can come back. 
Come back where? Come back to that place when you first gave your life to Christ. Come back to that place of submission. Come back to that place of humility. Come back to that place of surrender. Come back to that place of God. I don't know it all. And you know it all. And you allow him to guide you and walk with you. Because sometimes if we be true with ourselves, we have got to the place now that I've been saved for so long. I'm better than that. That we can't listen to the preacher. We can't listen to somebody else because I know what the Bible says. So you can't talk to me. That's when you need to come back to the time you couldn't wait to get the Bible study. You couldn't wait to hear what the preacher said. You couldn't wait to go to prayer meeting. We need to come back. And then God said, I can bless you there. In that place of surrender, of humility. When we are in the place of pride and rituals and traditions. We are out of the will of him. God, God is letting us know because he made it clear when he's talked to, to the woman of Samaritan at the well. He says that now is the time that God is looking for true worshipers who worship him in spirit and in truth. Jesus goes on to tell him that it's not if it's in the mountain, not if it's in the temple, but if it's in your heart. Worship him in spirit and in truth. Here I want to grasp you that you understand that many of us need to start looking at our temple and wonder, is my temple in good shape? <laughs> Corinthians tells us that you were bought by a price. You are no longer your own. You were bought by a price. You know, when you, when you don't own something, you have to return it. And many times when you got to return something, they're going to check to see if it's in good standing. Because if you return something that is, that is damaged, guess what? you got to pay for it. Mm. Mm. Here it is, our temple. Am I taking care of my temple? Am I doing all that I should be doing? <clears throat> How can I take care of my temple? I'm glad you asked the right questions. First and foremost, he calls you to be holy. So think about this. So what is unholy you need to stay away from? Because it can contaminate you. Because what? It's contagious. And so you want your mind pure? Get some pure things. You want your mind to stay on what is holy, what is right? Get those things. You cannot say I'm pure and I'm holy and we have so much explicit stuff around you. That your mind going to be at peace. How is it my vocabulary is going to improve and increase when all I listen is vulgar language? What's going to happen in times of frustration? What's going to come out? Those words are going to come out your mouth. Because that's already in your system. What's garbage in? Garbage out. You know how it works at the bank, right? You can't take out what you have not put in. And so if we want to be called to holy, we need to put in what is holy inside of us. And what's in holy inside of us, it will be able to come out of us. And we will be able to sustain ourselves away from the wicked schemes of the enemy. That's why God tells us, draw nigh unto him. He will draw nigh unto us. What does he dwell? He dwells in the worship and the praise of his saints. And so when we're worshiping and blessing him, our mind is on him. We're not worried about trying to do things of the flesh. Come back to him. And when you come back to him, 
you are opening yourself up to see all what he has planned for you. They did not know what God had planned for them until they opened themselves up in the position to receive all that God had for them. I want to encourage you. As you, if you can read back over this text again and start looking at this context here. God speaks to them and lets them know, you're laying down this foundation. Now that you have laid down this foundation, you have allowed an opportunity for you to build up what I've called you to do. And now that you're able to build up what I've called you to do, in the past, before this foundation was laid, you saw no success. <clears throat> but from this day on, you will See success. Here I want to close with this. Are you building your foundation? Foundations, when, we, when all buildings, all buildings, when they're built on a foundation, that foundation is rock. Why is it rock? Because sand will sink. So they build a foundation on rock. And the rocks that they find is pretty much where we get our stones from. And so when they laid down this foundation, then they had firm footing of able to establish and build back up the temple that was destroyed. Are you laying down your foundation? What's your foundation? Jesus. The solid rock. We stand. He is our foundation. And catch this. Even he says that I will destroy this temple in three days later. I will build it back up again. And they thought he was talking about the temple that Herod had built. Nah, he wasn't concerned about that temple. He was talking about a spiritual temple that he wants us to be a part of. And we can be a part of because he is the rock. He is our foundation. And catch this. We are to be like living stones able to come into the cornerstone. You understand the foundation the lab began when they laid down the cornerstone. The cornerstone was the keystone. You can't build a foundation without the cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone. So if he's the cornerstone, then you have stability in your life. You have power in your life. You have truth in your life. Will you come back? Will you come back to that point when you found out that, Lord, all I need is you? Will you come back to the point that, Lord, I am lost without you? Will you come back to the point to realizing that, Father, I surrender all? And when you come to that point, that's when God says, now you're ready for me to show you what I have for you. But you have to get to that point of laying down your foundation, surrendering unto him, and being all that he's caused you to be. Let us pray.